Coast Fundraisers. I'm Don Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, let's get going. I always love when we have guests on Raise Nation Radio that can give us actionable tips that we could go back to our planning team when we're executing those wonderful galas and fundraising events and really just have solid direction about what's working. And our next guest is going to help us there like no other. Please welcome Dean Crownover. Um, Dean, hi, welcome to Raise Nation Radio. Hey, Don. Hey, all you Raise Nation people. So, you know what? I um, would love to actually introduce you as like the animated, um, high energy, engaging auctioneer um, out of Georgia. Is that right? And, that's right. I'm in Atlanta. Um, that's yeah. Right. And that's exactly what you are. I didn't need to say it because your hello was all of just that. So it's pretty exciting to talk to you. Why don't, why don't you just introduce yourself um, a little bit more fully to our audience? They'd love to get to know you, your background and what you do in the nonprofit space. Sure. Um, I am a former actor and have been and 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 got turned on to becoming a benefit auctioneer that I re- did not realize I had a business for years and I was an actor slowly grinding out uh, a living believe it or not here in Atlanta and this was before the big mo- movie boom and all that and so I did a lot of corporate entertainment a lot of live um MC work uh commercials you know you name it I played every kind of character from Elvis to Forrest Gump and just everything in between oh wait I gotta stop you there can you give us a little impersonation um uh mama said life is like a box of chocolates you never That's know what you're gonna get that was my wow. Elvis. No, was that not good? No, that was great. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't I mean to put you on the spot to our audience. That was not <laughs> scripted at all. I just asked that off the cuff. Very good. Fantastic. All right. Keep going. I, when I was making the transition, what had happened is I got hired as uh, my agent said, hey, you're going to uh, act as a funny Frenchman because the, the movie Moulin Rouge had just come out. Yeah. And I'll, you'll have two real can-can dancers with you. You're going to walk around at this little school fundraiser taking pictures and just, you know, making people laugh. But part of the job is you have to get up there and do the live auction. Now, this is before any of those TV shows. I really didn't know uh, auction TV shows. I had no idea what to do. And... um and it really, I blame them because, you know, they shouldn't have put all that in my hands. They needed a <laughs> professional, uh, but it went fine. And, ah, and then another good actor friend of mine said, hey, I heard you did that event. I have an event coming up that I, I uh, uh, volunteered to do, but now I got a real job, uh, acting job. Can you do it? And I was off and I said, sure. And that went really, really well. And before I knew it, I had a business going on and the state of Georgia <laughs> called and said, hey, you need to have a license. Not every state has to have one, but down in the South, almost all the states. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah, who knew? And so I had to go through auctioneer school, which turned me on to the National Auctioneers Association, which has a whole benefit auction 
if you will, let's call it a designation, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, it's it's like a master's in in benefit auctioneers, only in you know a, a fifth of the time. And it, I've been doing it full time for the last ten years, and I wow. love it, love it. So yeah, that's the short story. Well, so you were just a natural. You were just. You're prof- no, 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 you no, have no. all That's- the professional designations now and the education yep. and the training and the experience today, a decade later. But it sounds like you were it was just a natural marriage for you uh, 10 years ago. Yes, because it took. And I think part of the reason that I'm booked so much is uh, you'd said at the beginning, the energy. Well, that came from all the training and acting, right? Yeah. So I know corporate yeah. acting. I know the line of which not to go over. I know how to get audiences to feel really good and to feel good and especially about giving. But it's called, I call it, well, a lot of people do, auctiontainment. I'm an auctiontainment. You're an auctiontainer. Wow. So I blend. Love that word. I got to tell you, most people hire me because they go, oh, our last auctioneer was so boring and he and he missed bids and da, 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 da. So, oh, yes, between the two, I've understanding the skill of making money and entertaining. Uh, well, it's a performance I, I to it. some degree. I mean, sure. but it's not just a performance. There's a lot of work involved before, during, after. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because we love talking to auctioneers because I think it's a space, a place where it's so important. I mean, advice over and over and over again is like hire the professional. It's the most critical moment of your program. Leave it to the professional certainly invite the local, you know, radio talent and politicians or celebrity guests. And certainly, of course, do that. But when it comes to the art of asking for money, leave it, leave that segment to to the professionals. And we often, you know, hear a lot, lot of advice about that, but okay. So let's say we're there now, Talk to us about what goes into it, because it's more than just the performance, because a lot of people are entertaining or actors or, you know, people tell me I'm animated, but that doesn't mean I can get on stage and get a lot of money out of people. So let's talk about that prep work. I bet you could. (laughs) Well, Um, I need 10 years of experience like you do, but what goes into it all? Well, you know, I'm going to, you know, there's the 80, 20 rule, but I call it the 90, 10 rule for myself. Okay. I'm a profit consultant first. So what that means, you got a lot of terms, auction, taming, profit consultant. I love this. Go ahead. Well, that's the most important part because I only do benefits. I only work with nonprofits. I've never sold an item in an auction format that was not for some kind of nonprofit. Right. So um, what a profit consultant is in the words that I coined for me is simply 90 percent of my job. And I work with a client starting about a year before their event, a year to 10 months. So they hire me early because my job is to help guide them in everything trending. So you're right. Hire a professional who's up on the latest revenue generators. How's the run of show going to work? Definitely talking about the fund a need or the paddle raise, which is the number one moneymaker at your event, talking about sponsorship. So my job is to guide them to create the most successful event possible. Then that night, it's the 10% that's on stage. Because if we've done everything right, if we built it correctly, even with hurdles that night, when sometimes it happens, the it's a lights live show. go out sure. or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and that's happened. But we 
have a formula ready to go that is going to work for that nonprofit. So I really pride myself on the consulting side. That's the part I love. So how far in advance do you think you ideally would you like to start with a, a, a non with an event or a nonprofit? I like I like 10 months. Um, Whoa, wait, 10 months. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So most clients book a year right and before and then we start working right away. I have some that literally uh, twice. Uh, this has happened a couple of times. New clients who I have not worked with will call the Monday after their event and go. Yeah, that makes sense. Good. Yeah. And it's fresh in their mind. And then current clients will, many will book several years in advance yeah. or they'll call, oh, wow. you know, the next day and go, okay, go ahead. Let's get on the next, or that night they'll go, Hey, put this date on your calendar because they know it's the consulting part and it's hard to get on my dance card. So they want to make sure that that's, we're all good. Hard to get on your dance card. That was a good way of putting it. Um, wow. There is a lot of work. I like the 90, 10 rule. So um, it's not as easy as, Hey, Dean. What are you doing next weekend? Can yeah, you, we'll never can do that. You, yeah, ever. You, in ah, fact, I've turned really? down more like a month out. Yeah, no. I've had some call the night before and I just can't help them. Yeah. It's 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 like, well, even if now now my brain f- tries to figure out how to crash course them. But then I the reality is no, they they don't have bid paddles or they don't have uh mobile bidding or they don't have some some of the basics we absolutely have to have. And those are basics, bid paddles and mobile bidding. Are those some of the a part of your basic list? Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, how? And yeah, actually, for the two things that work for me. And yes. Now, have we done pen and paper? Sure. But I. Uh, oh, I, I didn't like that. Sure. That was like, uh, sure. I got to tell you, I got one client maybe who still does it. And they're uh, a new client, but they're not going to do it next year. Yeah. Right? They just took them on. And, and it was it was like, guys, we got to switch this over. Cause there's just so much more we can do with a one cause or, you know, whoever. And, and I'm just like, please, um, bid paddles are very essential for me to do, uh, the, the paddle race. Cause mm-hmm. I do a combo of technology with bid paddles. There's, mm-hmm. I'm a big bid paddle fan as most benefit auctioneers are because mm-hmm. there is an emotional connection when somebody raises that bid number. Uh, a, a great example. The other night we, my first level was 10,000. However, I'm a big fan of asking for more. We advertised 10 grand. I knew I had a 10 grand person in the room. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey guys, before I start with the 10 grand as our highest level, was there anybody else considering giving? Four or five people raised at 25,000. Really? And so you were 100,000 seconds in. Had we not asked or had I yeah. not asked uh, we wouldn't have got it. And oftentimes I make a joke. I'll go, ladies and gentlemen, our goal is $50,000 plus for the paddle race. In fact, you know what? We can skip this part. Will somebody just give us the 50,000? <laughs> there you go. Let's it's get that over about with. 10 times. It's happened about 10. No, times. really? And wow. my client and has had no idea that person was there and gave. And, and of course the next follow-up question always is, well, do you really quit or do you go on? And I'll go, We'll give them a standing, you know, ovation. And then when that calms down, I go, what do I do, ladies and gentlemen? What do I do? That's not fair. You bring them into the decision. Yeah, I say, ladies and gentlemen, he or she robbed you of your chance to give. What are we going to do? <laughs> Great and approach. All, all tongue in cheek, of course. And uh, they literally will start 
yelling, give, give, give. And we go on and make another, you know, hundred grand or whatever it is. Oh, reverse uh, psychology you got going on there. Well, you know, we get to see the best uh, of humans. We get to see the giving. And if you don't ask them and if you don't give them an opportunity to give, and that's why I build in all these little things in forms of fun and jokes and all that, but I'm semi-serious. So I want to see, I want to give them that opportunity. Oh, I'd love to watch you. I'd love to sit back and watch an auctioneering in action. Or what did you call it? Auctiontainment. That's right. Auctiontainment. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been having some lighthearted conversations, but you and I had the chance to speak before as a prep, of, you know, for, for this show. And um, I'm going to start going a little deep on you and getting sure. some really hard questions because I think nonprofits, they certainly get the benefit of um, a professional on stage. Um but there's some things that you shared with me that maybe they, they were novel to me. So they might be novel to um, our listeners as well. I want to talk about the appeal or the fund to need. I've got to admit that when I am looking at um, promotions for any type of event, I typically will see a lot of reference to the tickets, the, you know, the ticket levels. Would you like to sponsor? This is the entertainment. This is the menu. This is what we're going to do. These are some of the silent auction items. That's what I see about 95% of the time, but you have a different take on that. You believe in marketing the fund to need. Um, and also leveraging um, signage in very unique places or in every possible place at the event. Can we talk about that a little? Because I don't know that that comes to mind when you think about promoting an event. And that's really very clever. So what's your take there? So absolutely. Um so I'm going to go on record as to say for most of my events, and I bet this is nationally too, and I am nationally, meaning that I do many cities. But when I talk to other auctioneers, benefit auctioneers, the number one revenue stream at an event typically is not the silent auction. It is not the live auction. It is not your wine pool. It is your paddle raise, a.k.a. the fund to need, a.k.a. the ask. It has a million different names. It does, why, for sure. And why is that? Do you have any idea? Why is that? Um, I don't know. I'm going to say maybe it it is the easiest in that you just ask, because I know the silent auction is a lot of work procuring the items and setting them up and the tables and the tent cards and the display and some sometimes are on consignment and oh, it's a lot of work. But I don't know. You tell me the answer. Right. That Now, that's diminishing returns, right? Because that averages national average is like 50 percent fair market value that they make off of that. So that well, except if you have the one cause software. I we, mean, we, yes. <laughs> for those who don't use one cause, you know, one cause rules, you know, I love you. Um, it's the only. Revenue stream. You're absolutely right. You don't have to go get anything to give uh, to sell them. Okay. And. It's where a hundred percent of that audience can give. So typically, and this is another national average, 20 to 30% of your audience can afford the live auction. And you only have, you know, now it's three to five live auction items are the norm because okay. audiences coming out of COVID and coming out of. So you have uh, 70% that are not participating. Correct. Right. Okay. Because their attention span is so short, but they can't afford it anyway. So it's a hundred percent. Number one. I put the uh, fund to need 
first when we start that fundraising, right? So typically if it's Oh, a you like to do the dinner, fund a need before the absolutely. live. Absolutely. Okay. All the emotional, that's the important reason why we're here. We're here to raise um, necessary funds for this nonprofit where there may, and I like a setup of a two minute video followed by a, a live testimonial, whether it be from a client or a caseworker or someone like that, depending on the nonprofit and what we can do, where they hear from somebody whose life got changed by this nonprofit, AKA you, the donors who support this nonprofit changed lives for the better. The marketing comes in and you are absolutely right. I'm amazed how many people don't market this in advance. Mm -hmm. There's two stages. Number one, market it or open it the minute you launch your one cause uh, site for ticket sales. Put up the fund to need there because you uh, one cause has a built in donation thing. You can match the levels of what I'm going to ask on stage. Go ahead and get that open because we want people who cannot come to this event to go ahead and give. And that's that, you know, is really starting to build more. Now they're going outside the geographical of who can come to this event to their whole database and saying, please give. So you want to market and let them know, but couples or individuals who are deciding on what they want to give or how much they want to give need to know you're going to ask for this at the event. And here are the levels we're going to ask for. If a couple is blindsided and comes to that event, because I've had a couple of clients early on in my career who were like, Let's not tell them about it. We don't want to tell them we're fundraising. And I'm like, it's a fundraiser. Of course, we're <laughs> going to tell them. And they make a decision. If you blindside them, they're going to give you the least Less. amount. Yeah. But if they have time to think about it, at least a week or two to think about it, mm -hmm. then they give more. And my job is to get up there and incentivize them to give even more because they are so moved. And that happens a lot. So market, market, market. So you're now, actually saying your content, your your social posts, your advertisements, mm -hmm. you know, on your hopefully you're using some type of technology to support your event. And hopefully it's one class, but right. to support the event in advance that you actually say, you know, join us at this fundraiser where we will be um, together trying to re I think I'm, I'm, I'm writing content right here, right now on no, right. Realization no, Radio. Exactly we're exactly we're going to together raise this. Um, mm -hmm. We're offering so many impacts at the hundred dollar level. You can do this. And like, that should be part of our content. Is that what you're saying? I say that, move that to the top. Wow. Um, if, if I tell his clients all the time, if you are hard pressed because yes, uh, let's let's face it. They're the heroes at nonprofits. They the employees. They are overworked, underpaid. They are on the front lines. They are changing lives. And many times we only have two or three people who are working on this, sometimes two, sometimes one. And so when you are looking at best bang for your buck. Market the fund to need first. It will make you the most money that night. And I'm not talking about ticket sales or sponsorships. Sponsorships will be number one, typically, overall, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. that night. Um, and then live auction second. And then a couple of cool things in the silent that we think will do really well, right? It's third. So if you can only do one of those, yes, 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 the fund to need. Let them know we're going to ask for it. Let them know for levels. But let's assume 
Nobody read your emails. Nobody saw your social media. Nobody looked on your website. And by the way, not your one cost site, your own nonprofit site on the homepage when we're a week or two from that event. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a link to the one cost site, but you're going to have all about the gala. Uh, given the fund to need a button for that. So it goes over to the one cause part of that or learn about the live auction goes to that. I'm amazed how many nonprofits don't put it on their own homepage. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but let's assume that couples or or that person saw nothing. When they walk into the event, your showroom, in addition to the live auction, and yes, there's a live auction display that I work and I greet people, tell them about the live auction because half of them, you warm them up a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, they, and half like a showroom. Come over here. Let me show you this. I want fun to need information on. Oh, Don, here's another question. uh Two places that every guest go at the gala, the two places. What are two places, two places that every Every guest guest go. go. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the bar and the restroom. Ding, ding, ding. Bars in the bathrooms. Don, you win a prize. That's right. So (laughs) So what are we going to do there? Signage? Yes. And I know you think I'm crazy. Take a dollar store frame, print out, um, uh, print it out, says, you know, whatever you call them, fun to need. I'm a big fan of of brand it um, like for food banks, feed a need or, you know, whatever. Brainstorm, have fun Uh with that. Uh, But let's just say fun to need goal, 50,000 with a plus sign next to it. Always put a plus sign next to your goal because you want to go way, way over it. Right. Okay. And and there's a formula I work with clients when we're trying to figure out what that goal is. We want to go way over. We want to make sure that room can hit it easy and go over. Then just put the levels uh, high to low, 10,000, 5,000, 2,500. So descending thousand, order. Okay. Down. Yeah. And all you have to do is print that up and, and at the bottom to be done during the program. That's all you uh-huh. have to put. Oh, add a hundred percent tax deductible too. And put that in a dollar store frame on every bar on each end of the bar. If it's a big bar, if it's a small bar, just one on each, then in the bathroom on every vanity, but there's probably going to be something else in the bathroom because um, I'm a big fan uh, for sponsorships of selling every line item for that gala, including me. Get a sponsor for me. But uh, there's probably oh. going to be in the bathroom. You're selling the uh, a refresher station as uh, um, great. Refresher Q, station. Uh, wow. Auctioneer uh, auction, underwriting. Yeah. You can do technology underwriting. All of it. Sound. All ever. of it. Everything. Okay. Yeah. A friend, uh, benefit auctioneer in San Francisco, Greg Q came up with that. And I think it's brilliant that it's a uh, probably plumber or somebody like that will, hey, you know, refresher station, um, you know, sponsored by such and such plumbing or something. Think about all the fun things you can sell. And I'm not saying you have to look like NASCAR and that your stuff everywhere. <laughs> not saying that. Right. You just want to find a line item uh, mm-hmm. for every sponsorship. You want to walk in with 100 percent covered. That's the new goal, by the way. It used to be mm-hmm. about 40, 50% covered, and we make the rest on stage before COVID and before virtual. Now it's let's get 80 to 100% of this thing financed and paid for. So everything we do on that stage makes us money. Well, that makes sense about like the plumber and the refresher station and the in the restrooms because we're really connecting the dots to the to the service. And um we have a uh, great 
nonprofit consultant in the space, Danielle Snelson, and she talks about asking sponsors, you know, well, what's important to you? Because, you know, the half page, the standard half page ad and a program guide and the, you know, typical cookie cutter sponsor package is no longer. So I, I like where you're going with this. It really is about there's so many line items at an event. And creativity. So customize it and be creative. Sure. Yeah. And don't I tell you what's going away is all these tickets. Don't give away a ton of tickets, even to your presenting sponsor. You ask them who's really coming because we would like to sell those other seats to someone who's going to come and give as well. Because, and and now I say this respectfully to all uh, businesses who sponsor, if they don't send their executives who will come and attend and spend and best represent their company, they'll just give tickets to anybody like Mike, the mailroom guy, who's just going to come and get drunk. And he's not who you need. No offense, Mike. No offense. (laughs) And Mike didn't know better. He didn't know what he was coming to. Right. So that's part of the sponsor. So it's less about tickets now. It Mm -hmm. is more about the sponsorship and recognition in all forms, social media and and on their sites for that donor or for that sponsor. Um, And then get very, very uh, targeted on who you're who they're giving those tickets to. Yeah. So really rethink all of that. You're absolutely right. It's all niche now sponsorships. I'm not saying get rid of the presenting. Ooh, Don, I got another question for you. Uh oh. Quiz. Quiz number three. How am I doing so far? Am I like doing in the great. A range? I think you're, okay. Uh, two, 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 uh, okay. two, zero. What's this one? Can you sell Hello? a sponsorship yeah. for the fund to need? Yes or no? Yes. Have you ever seen it done? No. Right. Why not? Absolutely. I don't know. I tell my clients and what that sponsorship is, it becomes a match. So sell oh. the sponsorship to such and such company, or sometimes it's an individual. And that is going to, uh, let's just say you, your highest giving level that you have a donor who will give at 5,000, mm-hmm. um, sell it for 10 grand or above. And that becomes our match. Ladies and gentlemen, if we hit our hit our 50,000 plus uh, our goal, such and such company who is our fund and need sponsor and their big logo comes up behind me on the screen will match up to 10,000. And that was their you know sponsorship. Let's give them a huge round of applause. So it becomes an incentive as well to the guest and sell a sponsorship. That's another form of marketing for the family. Uh, my, you know, my marketing hat is going off because if you do something like that, when you hit that goal, then all of a sudden the scoreboard will jump to double with the match. And mm-hmm. then you can have like ding, 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 ding. And, you know, kind of fireworks going on. And uh, just about every company out there has some sort of swag. So now when you hit that, you can have volunteers or help, you know, yay, we hit goal. And um, let the sponsoring company run around the tables and hand out like a little swag item, which further reinforces that whole sponsorship. Oh, I just love this. I can brainstorm with you all day. See, this now, wait a second. Now I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. Now, now I love on one cause they can do um, the thermometer or the count or whatever on the screen. Yeah. And they know this from me in my local area here, especially. Um, I don't use that. I never want the audience to know where we're at yet. Yo, you don't. Oh, what do you no. do? It is like a finale. Yes. And ah. uh, because right before we go into the live auction, right, I'm doing all the levels and 
I have clerks on the side who are telling me where we're at and only me. And I know if we've gone way over the goal when, and then I go at the end, ladies and gentlemen, now let's find out how much we made. And I always, so it's an aha it. moment. Yes. And that's your, now you're, what you're talking about. I still do the big, uh, we'll have the sound uh, company make, uh, you know, uh, some kind of music, you know, and then I announce, I always say, oh, ladies and gentlemen, I've got terrible news. We didn't hit our 50,000. And, and, and if they added Meanwhile, what halfway, it? right, they would have heard and they knew we went way over, but you'll hear them go, oh, oh, even sometimes they'll go, how much I'll make it up. I've heard that a couple of times, which was phenomenal woman. The other so day you're playing the room for sure. I had a woman stand up and just go, I'll give you 75 grand before I could even announce how much we made. And we'd gone. Oh, you have a lot of psychology going on from that stage. Keep it. Yeah, and, and then I go, you didn't do this, but you did do 467,000 instead what? of 50. Yeah. And it, what it does is it, we're on the same boat trying to raise this. We all hit it together. And I got to tell you, the live auction is right after that. I mean, right into it. So everybody's pumped up and typically does better. Yes. And this is now the fun and frivolity. We got through the serious part. Now it's fun and frivolity. We'll do these three to five items. And then the rest of the night they go party. I have never heard of hiding the scoreboard, but that's definitely approach that I can see might work. That's pretty fun. Now, if if we use it where their names are popping up, that's one thing. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I just am a big fan of hiding it. And, yeah. and some auctioneers are split on that. Uh, it's because I want I don't want them to know where we're at yet. Right. I don't want to take a chance. Because there is that theory. The yeah, yeah, there is that theory. Like if you do hit the goal that people take, we'll take a little. Yeah, we'll stop. I don't so. think they will because people are wonderful. They really do give. I just don't want to take that chance. Yeah. And I want to go way, way, way over. And so far, I got to tell you, in 10 years, it's worked very well. Wow. Interesting. So interesting. You know, I also want to hitch up with um, a very different topic, if if I may. You know, we we did go through a couple of rough years. Mm. Events stopped and restarted many times. Some are still waiting to restart. We are headed to back in person, but there's been a little bit of a change. Filling that ballroom, I've heard, has been some challenge and filling that ballroom with whom is a big question mark. You typically galas had your most beloved and perhaps mature audience, but they are and are not coming to events now. Um, And it's always been very important to continue to cultivate new donors. So you have you know, all generations now. And it's important for nonprofits to attract Gen Zers and Gen Xers. So now the ballroom just looks different than it did before because of this whole generational thing. So how do you keep, uh, you know, a 30 year old and a mature person engaged, involved and and break any barriers about the generational divide? It's a real problem. And I know I'm put, putting you on the spot. I don't know if a benefit auctioneer would have some of those answers, but you're up there addressing both groups or, or multiple groups. How do you manage all that? First of all, I'm not going to call it a problem. Okay. All right. I'm going to call like that. it an like your absolute wonderful hurdle because it is just the progression of life that the older givers who can absolutely give, they um, 
are are dying. Some of them. I mean, you have to to to, to say it. But the truth is, the the millennials, even some of the Gen Zers, especially the millennials, are now coming in, and I see it as a plus. So here's the question, though, with okay. attention span is the key here that how do you keep them engaged? And by the way, I call it generation blend, because what it is, is we're blending all these givers and we do have to talk to them in different ways. And we have to find the common thread of of how do we how do we speak to, you know, Gen X and, and uh, everybody above before Gen X and then the millennials, the one of the things that I've noticed is the attention span is really, really low. Uh, in the fund need, and this is an example, uh, coming out of, when we did virtual, I did a thing called the fireside uh, chat, where it would be just the executive director and myself. And because we're on camera and there's nobody else there, right? We're just doing a virtual event. And to make things stretch a little bit, to get our full 30 minutes, because that's how long these things were, is I would pose a question during the fund need. I go, our new level's 10,000, executive director. I heard about this, this, and this. Could you elaborate, right? So we would stretch it. Then as we were coming out, uh, August a year ago is when I started doing live events again, so 2021. And we would have half the people, but it was those who could afford to attend and spend. And we were doing that version of fireside chat live and it was doing very well, but now everybody here in Atlanta and, and this area, a lot of people are out now we're at full capacity. And in fact, most of these events are sold out. They can't even get more seats in, which is great, but the fireside chat is not working. It's too long and people, um, they have less attention. So, um, uh, 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 a sound guy named Jimmy here, came up with a brilliant idea. And I had done this years ago with Back on My Feet, uh, which is a great organization. Oh, I and, know them. I love them. Oh, they're great. Great group. And we do yeah, a, great mission. a few breakfasts at seven in the morning. I'm asking for money at seven in the morning. And, um, and it works. Hope you have but, coffee. Oh my God, yes. And I got to tell you, they, they're the originators of this as far as I know, but I'd forgotten about it. And my friend, Jimmy, the sound guy came up with it. And he, uh, again, and he said, here's what we need to do. We need to do where the client's client, so that nonprofit, whoever they're helping, and let's talk about back on my feet. What they did is they went out and they helped homelessness. They went to some of their clients and they said, would you please just say, you know, they gave them a little script and said, hi, my name is such 10,000 could do this for me or for people like me, right? It's a 10 second blip. Mm -hmm. It's not me saying it now. And it's the client saying it. So what this did is it made what I'm saying up there much shorter for the fund and aid. It allows you to see the clients that this organization is really helping or staff members if it's mm -hmm. if we can't do clients. And we get we put a face with who we're helping. And uh, I work with the client to really uh, uh, script out what is being said, because we want to give the best examples of their best programs that we can, the most empathetic, mm -hmm. uh, if you will. Uh, and so it is so awesome. Now, make sure your production company has rehearsed this and that they know when each one's going to play. But what I found is both gen all generations really relate to it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just starting to pick up steam here and clients are loving it. So uh, I think so you're going to see 10 seconds, a bigger wave bites, 
And that's giving information. Hey, uh, my name is such. Did you know $5,000 or here's the, I always like a problem. Did you know one in five kids won't be eating tonight? But thanks to your $5,000 donation, we can buy 10 times the amount of food with this. And I hear that it's very important. We have it. We had Rachel Muir as a guest um, on a webinar here and got to check that out. It's end of year survival guide with Rachel Muir, but she does mention to always make it about the donor. That's who that, that, that's who this is about, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in a fundraising event, did you know one in five uh, children won't eat tonight? But if you donate $5,000, you can change that narrative. In the room, it is about the donor and making it about the donor. And you just said the same thing. Oh, and, and you know, I want to, if any benefit auctioneers are listening to this, it's not about you. We're the glamour up on stage. Yes, we're the focal point, the lightning rod, but we are not the star. We're not the superstar. The organization and the donors are, and I've never, ever let that leave my mind. That if you think you're going to do something on stage to pull focus and make it about you that doesn't fit in, Mm -hmm. don't do it. Because we are celebrating what that organization does and who it helps, but the donors are the backbone of that organization. They're the reason that organization can exist. They are my superhero. They are my star. And I never, ever want to forget that. Even people after the event or before the event might come over. Oh, you were great. You're awesome. You, you're you're the reason. No. And they'll go, no, you're the, uh, you made me want to give. And I go, well, I'm the motivator, but the organization is why you're giving, right? So I love donors. I love them. They are, and all generations of them. Because they will continue this this to support this organization. And what we want them to be is patrons all year long, every month. And that's wow. the real goal, right? That's a powerful statement from a benefit auctioneer. You're you're not in it for the um 30 minutes on stage between the fund and need and the live. You're really trying yeah. to cultivate relationships for um, a lifetime donor. That's very special. Uh, we could learn so much from you, Dean. Um, we're going to have to have you back again. I, I can't believe we've, we've um, gone well over the, um, our 30 minute uh, um, episode today, but it was all good stuff, really good stuff and very different dialogue coming from a benefit auctioneer. Oh, and thank so you. I, what I love about that is you really um, it's very fitting that you um address yourself as a profit consultant, because this is a lot of consultation. I think we learned a lot of different things that we don't typically learn um, in the auctioneer space. So um, you'll have to come back and visit with us again. We'd love to have you in 2023 when we're really back in the ballroom and talk about some trends, or perhaps we'll see you at our race conference in Nashville in September, if you're up for that trip. No, I'm going. That's already in You're uh, going. August. Oh, right? good. Uh, September. Sorry. I have the dates down. I have them in my calendar because they just I got the email on it the other day, whether I'm going to present or not. I'm still there. You'll be there. Well, great. Then our audience can come and say hello, shake hands and and get more from you. Um, But unfortunately, we're a little bit out of time. Fearless fundraisers. That's about all we have for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 1230 p.m. That's Thursdays, 1230 p.m. Eastern Time. And in the meantime. Yeah. What? Wait. 
Hold on. I forgot to tell you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, I want them to have my new book. I wrote a book during COVID or as COVID ended, um, and I give it to all nonprofits. It's called- Wait, what? You're giving away a book? Yeah, sorry. It's it's Paddles Up. Uh, It's paddlesupbook.com. Wait, wait. Let's stop. Let's stop this. Paddles, plural. Paddles Mm -hmm. Up. Book. Go ahead again. Paddlesupbook.com. Okay. And uh, just put in your name and your organization or your email address, and we'll send it uh, the PDF right to you. It's on Amazon. For free? For free? Oh, absolutely. I give it to all nonprofits. Oh, wow. That's the bonus plan here. It's like 100 pages, and it came out of all my clients kept asking, what is the new trends coming out of virtual? And so a lot of the stuff we talked about is in there. And so I just kind of put it all together. And uh, gave it to nonprofits. I'll give it to prospects, whoever wants it. Just please learn from it. And it's easy to read and you can apply it like today to your gala. Sorry. Okay. No, 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 no. (laughs) That is super exciting. That's probably the best epilogue we've ever had on Raise Nation Radio. So paddlesupbook.com. And how would we get in touch with you and find you? I assume LinkedIn. What are the other options? Yeah, all all of that. Um, It's usually uh, Dean Auctioneer is the handle or go to workwithdean.com. Workwithdean.com. Okay, so workwithdean.com, Paddles Up Book, uh, LinkedIn, Ray's Conference in September in Nashville. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see you um all different ways. Well, you know what, fans, if you um tune in to your favorite channel, you can get really great stories from nonprofits and you can get really great books from benefit auctioneers. So be sure to tune in and um just join us on the channel that you like best. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Check it out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and podcast webinars, infographics, videos that you'll find helpful. A huge shout out and thanks um, to my guest, Dean Crownover, um, for just sharing such uh, an expert and authentic voice and and just a a different perspective from um, a benefit auctioneer. And of course, thank you for sharing your book with the nonprofit space. Um, We appreciate just gifting that for free to all of our nonprofits. Um, So enjoyed our conversation. Any last words of inspiration? If the book wasn't enough, I'm going to push you more for any last words of inspiration. No, I, I, again, thank you for having me. This has really, really been fun. Um, I just, I think I just got to reiterate, thank you to all the nonprofits and everybody who works there. My wife has worked in nonprofits forever. And uh, as a kid, I volunteered for nonprofits starting at age 12, you know, and so I've always been kind of in that world, a foot in that world somewhere. But those people are the ones who are at the front lines making the change. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to them. And how perfect that we're recording this uh, show right before Thanksgiving um, Mm. and a season of gratitude and giving. So it was such a pleasure, Dean. We hope to hear from you more. Thank you so much for the book, Paddles Up, right? That's um, fantastic um, advice that you've given us, not just here on Raise Nation Radio, but through your book and uh, your other content. So we really appreciate it. Fearless fundraisers, Raise Nation Radio, that is a wrap. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there. 